All right, welcome to four one two draft. This is JT and Emmett. We're, we're we got four guys. We usually have four guys. We're down to two tonight, but it's okay. Um, me and Emmett are going to take us through the uh, through the night tonight. And uh, iHeartRadio, one of our big sponsors that we had um, for the uh, big draft party earlier on in uh, late April. And I want to thank iHeartRadio for all they did. They they helped, they did a lot for us with commercials and. Um, they helped us um, have a successful party. So thank you, iHeartRadio. This is brought to you by iHeartRadio. And this is about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, this is uh, – this every week we talk, they get a, they seem to get a little closer to that 500 mark, uh, Emmett. And um, what, what do you – what do you think about the? Uh, we'll start with the pitching. We got we got some really good pitching going on. Uh, Mitch Keller has been lights out. Probably his last, I probably every start pretty much this season. Uh, Ronzi Contreras has his ups and downs, but he's still successful. Uh, Johan Oviedo had a couple bad outings here lately, but seems to have a comes back and has a good outing. Then Luis Ortiz just might have threw his his best game in the majors. Um, out of these out of these four right here. As this team moves forward, do you see all four of these guys being in the rotation? Like when they become, you know, in 24, 25, whenever they start to really uh, make their make their strides? Well, I'm a little stunned that you didn't include Rich Hill in the discussion of a, of a future rotation. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I think uh, definitely Keller and Contreras, I, I think, are lead pipe. Uh, locks to to be in the rotation going forward, and that's you know stipulating with the injury and contracts and things like that. But um, I think uh, Oviedo and Ortiz will definitely put be part of the staff. The question will be, are they relievers or are they starters? Um, I, I I I'm intrigued by both. I think both have a good solid chance to be part of the rotation going forward. Uh, you mentioned uh, some of the hiccups that Oviedo has gone through. He he reminds me a lot of Keller and that it, it, it seems to be one inning that always seems to trip him up. Uh, and it's usually early on. And he's, and what I really like about him is he recovers quickly. He, he has a very short memory. Uh, he gets back out there and he keeps firing away. Ortiz has got, and, and I said this in a, in a podcast, I think last fall or something, uh, he's got not only front of the rotation kind of stuff, not just all-star stuff. He's got starting pitcher in the all-star kind of stuff. It's just a question of whether it gets harnessed enough. Um, is he the kind of guy that can, can consistently get through the rotation two, three times, or is he just your, uh, your next Back of the bullpen, lights out, shut the game off, and he's your guy uh, in the eighth or ninth inning. Um, so those four, uh, I think, will definitely be part of the rotation. The first two, definitely starters. The other two, I think Oviedo definitely will will uh, mold himself into a really good starter. And then Ortiz, he's either going to be a really great starter or a really uh, great uh, reliever and, you know, Probably with me having said that, we'll, we'll by the time this podcast is over, we'll get some notification that he's got a shoulder strain or, or something. I put I put the curse on him, uh, but uh, uh, and, and a couple 
other names just to keep in mind that they're not in the rotation. It's in because of injury. Uh, JT Brubaker, I don't think you can count on him until 25. I, I think uh, he's obviously going to miss all of this year. Probably he'll be throwing a pitch in anger until spring training 25. And then Max Kranich. I, I think you're going to start to, very shortly. You're going to see Max Kranich working his way back through the minor leagues with rehab. I, I think he is shown in a very small sample size, but uh, he's got an intriguing mix that I think you can see him going forward. So, I mean, it's a very, some, you know, it's a, it's a really nice foundation uh, for a starting rotation. Uh, I just hope whether it's externally, which I think is really your only option at this point, um, that they find a left-hander and, and someone with a change of pace. I, I, I think the rotation is so much more effective this year because you have someone like a Rich Hill in the middle of a series uh, that you see these young fireballers, and then you throw this guy out there that has to grunt to throw an 89-mile-an-hour fastball, and it, and it keeps you off balance. So uh, I think they need a lefty and maybe and or a, a, a junk baller kind of guy. So uh, that's where I see the rotation going forward. I agree with a lot of what you said, and I think I made a, a statement through a group text the other day. When you watch Luis Ortiz throw, and I agree with you, I, I think – I actually think Luis Ortiz out of this group could become the number two starter where, where Contreras might be sliced down to three. Ortiz's ball, it's not a natural movement, man. That ball just dives and dips. And it's, you're talking 96, 97, 98 miles an hour. This kid, I mean, if you take that last inning, they left him in that last inning where he just started walking players and that. But that was that was one of the better pitch games of the season. That's, that's including the the Mitch Keller uh, complete game shutout. And um, I agree with you there. I think Luis Ortiz is a guy that, um, that, that literally could lead a staff uh, eventually one day. Oviedo, I, I do. I see your point there. I, I like his ball too. I like the way his slider moves. He's got he's got a good way of using it. He has, he has a tendency to, to, to um, hang, hang a lot of pitches here and there. He'll, he'll get in a groove or it's like, all right, man, like he, he's, he's diving them into the dirt. And then all of a sudden they're just an inning where everything's hanging. And I think you are right. He'll have a bad inning, like first or second inning. And you think the game's going to implode on him, but he does a good job of catching himself, which I actually put him ahead of what Keller was early in his career. Cause Keller would yeah. basically walk the next, you know, walk for the next right. five guys. But, yeah. I like them for – I've always been a Brubaker fan, but I agree with you. I think this injury, by the time he comes back, I think the Pirates are going to be basically at that mm -hmm. point where they're pretty much set. Um, of course, Rich Hill won't be here um, probably by that point when he comes back. I mean, Rich, Rich Hill was a great – like we said from the beginning, he's basically here to – hey, if you get something during the trade deadline for him, then you did your job. You know, it's like a – and that was basically what Santana's here for too. Santana starts hitting the ball – where he could hit the ball with a little bit more power and get that average up, which it has been going up lately. And his first, he's a great defensive first baseman, which I didn't even know that. Uh, I didn't, that wasn't a thing I really knew about him until he came here. He's very good at first base. That's another guy. If you get another, if you get um, a prospect or two for him during a deadline, you did your job as well as, um, as um, Sherrington, I, I think set out to do with them signings. Um, who do you see? Like if I name the two names, would this be four and five in your book? Quinn Priester, 
and maybe uh, Salamenta, Salamenta from uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Salamenta, the lefty. And that's the lefty you were talking about. He mm-hmm. he dips it. He, he has a weird angle. Um, he could be a guy that in the middle of a series, after facing Keller and say Ortiz, you got to face this left-hander that throws from God knows what angles, and and that, that could be that could be that could be a nice little uh, rotation. He, he can be, but I'm going to withhold judgment on Solomato, uh and, until he gets to I, I never get too too high or too low on any player, but particularly pitchers, until they get to double A. Um, Solomato, because of that funky delivery, it becomes a question of repeatability. Uh, can he do it consistently? Um, and, and like I said with Ortiz, can he get through – uh, a batting a batting order two or three times. Um, at a minimum, I would say he could be the kind of guy that you, you know, as as games get shorter, as it were, you, you get five out of your starting pitcher. You bring Solomedo in uh, to do six, seven, and eight, uh, just to, to you know to, to to throw guys off off balance. Um, and then you go to your closer. Uh, and, and again, Soul Meadows at least, I'm guessing at least three years away. So a uh, couple of guys at Altoona, right-handers, but that, that are intriguing, uh, got a chance to make uh, AAA by the end of the year. Uh, that's uh, Jared Jones and Kyle Nicholas. Nicholas is going tonight. And one guy, this kid is the most overlooked pitcher in the Pirates system. And that's Sean Sullivan, an eighth-round pick from a couple of years ago. He he's already at Double A. I think he's only 22 years old. He's he's got the best DRA on the staff. Really good, you know, solid numbers. You know, it'll be interesting to see what, how he does at Triple A. So there are a couple of guys at uh, you know. Uh, you know, double A, and we'll see how Burroughs bounces back from his surgery. Um, so so that there, there are some young guys that could round out that uh, that number five spot or can be your swing guys uh, going forward. And, and this will segue to the next thing because I want to talk about the Pirates right now are 25 and 24. Um, our first, like I said, our first podcast, we were 20 and 8. So yeah. we continue to get closer and closer to that dreaded 500 mark. They haven't hit the 500 mark since then yet, but they this is the second time now they're one game um, away from uh, that. They they go to Seattle uh, starting tomorrow. Um, what do, what do you like about the way the Pirates play this year, and and what do you dislike? Well, well, it's interesting that we're sitting here bemoaning the possibility of them being a 500 uh, team <laughs> 50 games in, where anywhere over the last 10 years we'd have been. Uh, you know, doing backflips, looking like Ozzie Smith if they were uh, at 550 games in. Um, it's true. Very. I, true. I, I think what what I, what I do. It, it's interesting. What I like best about them is kind of what <laughs> frustrates me the most, and it's their aggressiveness on the base pads. Um, you don't have a lot of power, so you got to find other ways of of. Um, manufacturing runs and they lead the league in in steals and attempts and of course when you run as much as you do you're going to lead MLB in caught stealing uh but there's also been some you know just 
head-scratching moves on the base paths. It seems to be a bugaboo that's in their DNA. Uh, when you have as smart of a player and as an experienced of a player as Andrew McCutcheon, just having a brain cramp on base, it, you, you start to wonder if there's something in the clubhouse water. Uh, you not to mention that Carlos Santana game where he uh, he went first to third on a, on a, a hard grounder to left field, which – Totally shocked me too, and that's yeah. It's on any level of baseball, you always want to make the other guy make a play. Uh, You know, put the pressure on the defense, as they say, Uh, and and that's I think what they do. The starting pitching, I don't know how anyone can complain about that. Uh, You know, even the uh, the bullpen. I I know there have been some hiccups, and I know uh, people. You know, the latest. uh, guy to, to, to incur the wrath of Pirate fans is Dwayne Underwood. But by and large, it, 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 we tend to focus when these guys blow up or they blow a lead or something like that. But by and large, they've been pretty good. I, I don't think over the, the, the span of things, uh, you, you really don't get an ulcer uh, when Shelton goes out to the mound and points to the bullpen. Uh, so, you know, and, and the defense hasn't been atrocious. Uh, it's been adequate, but, uh, the fact that they are playing way beyond anyone's reasonable expectations at this point, they're doing a lot of things, right. It'd be great if they had more power. Uh, I think they need to take a look at, um, you know, Castro just, can only face lefties and Sawitzki facing righties, but by the same token, how are they going to learn? You got to find out if they're everyday players. Uh, so, you know, maybe we need to work through some, uh, uh, we, we need to see if they, if they put together some, uh, some platoons, but uh, it's been fun. That's for sure. They, they're, they're not, they're nothing if not entertaining. Yep. I, I give you that. That's one of the things I, I always, you know, after I get done watching the game, like I, that was a good, that was an enjoyable game. Like win or lose, um, I guess my biggest, um, I, you know, my biggest thing right now is I, the catching lately has been really bad lately, especially not, not defensively. Uh, Jason Delay's been on my last nerve now with this one, this one knee thing, and he can't anything to his backhand side. He can't oh, get his boy. body in front oh. of it, and he's just picking at it right now. And he I had just, a terrible one yesterday. Yeah. Oh. He, yeah, he did. And it, that's like two games in a row. I think two games that he caught in a row where he did that where it's the ball's in front, a weird angle. And, but usually a catcher could just drop to their knees, hit you in the chest, and it's in front of you. He tries to pick at it with the backhand. It's, I, I, I actually can't believe that, you know, the, the Pirates aren't like, hey, man, you can't do that anymore. You can't do that one that one knee stuff. These young pitchers especially, yeah. you know, they, they, they're afraid. I think they're afraid to drop the ball in the dirt anymore. That's a, a, that's a thing I can't stand right now. And the other thing is just – we get these bases loaded, one outs, don't score. Bases loaded, nobody out. Second and third, nobody out. And it's like, I think these young guys, I know they got to learn. They got to learn how to how to give them give themselves up for a run. Like, hit the ball the opposite way. Hit a, hit a grounder to second, get the run in. Or, um, a lot of guys are striking out with with, with base people on base. Um, Swinsky, and I'll, I'll stick by this, um, the kid's done a good job since – Coming from double A, I mean, no triple A time at all. Uh, but the kid needs some triple A time. We ain't gonna lose. And this is my my plea to the Pirates: is we ain't gonna lose no glove 
by bringing Swaggerty up. You put him in center field. You get the same glove, if not a better glove. And you get to see what Swaggerty can do over a 30, 40-game period where let Sawinski get 30, 40 games on in AAA to try to figure some stuff out. I mean, the kids never face AAA pitching. I think what's he have now? He's close to what? He's over 20 homers now in, t- in his time in Pittsburgh, right? He had. Oh, yeah. 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 He's, well, he, he's the team leader. He and McCutcheon at seven. And he had like um, 16 or 17 last year, or maybe yeah, more. Than quite, quite frankly, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm finished with Swaggerty. Swaggerty's in Bradenton tonight, uh, starting a rehab for his. 327th rehab assignment because of a, of, of, of a virus, you know, and, you know, I feel bad for the guy. Uh, he's battled a lot of things on, on the field and off the field, but your greatest ability is availability. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know how much more uh, 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 Sawinski can, can gather at, at AAA. I, I saw something uh, earlier today, a, a guy had on Twitter and he went on some of Sawinski's numbers below him. And the first one was the one that stunned me and that he's got a 16.8% walk rate, which is the 95th percentile in major league baseball, which means he's getting good at bats. We remember the strikeouts. And yesterday I was the same, you know, he came up with the bases load of the game on the line and Marcano's on the bench and there's a lefty on there. And I'm like, you know what's going on, and he did. I mean, he 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 struck out on a full count after you know fouling off. He laid off some inside pitches. Um, his defensive metrics are really solid, and when you're relying on pitching, it's um, it it's you know it's key that you got really good glove guys out there, especially in in PNC Park with that Kavanagh center field. But there are some other things that. His batting average is, you know, you, you look at his exit velocities and his, and his contact rates. He's a victim of a lot of bad luck. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. They strike out way too much with runners in scoring position. But that's how you learn. Um, he has 49 strikeouts and 128 at-bats, I think. Yeah, that, that's that, that's too high. But, you know, I don't know how much it helps if he goes down to – Triple A for two weeks and demolishes, uh, you know, guys that are on their way up or guys that are on their way out. What do you think the Pirates? I'm just wondering what they were thinking though. Like we made that trade. I like I like the trade we made. You know, we got we got um, Jack Sawinski. And I remember doing mm-hmm. reading on him when we first got him. You know, the kid had. They said he has pop. He's popped on her in single way, double ways. Not not a bad hitter. Um, can, can work. What do you think the Pirates? What were they thinking? Why did they take him from Double A to the majors? I mean, he wasn't like tearing oh, up on and that was that. It was a convenience thing. Someone tested positive for COVID, and Indianapolis. I forget where they were playing, but he was at Altoona. They needed an outfielder. They needed someone. You know, he tested positive like three hours before game time. Okay. You know, they had to bring him down. He was, you know, he's there in an hour and a half, and. He started launching balls out of the ballpark, so it was uh, you, you kept him up. So you think he's uh, in their? You think he's part of their long-term plans? I mean, do you think he's a guy that they? He'll definitely be part of the twenty-six man, whether he's the outfielder or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, I'm, I'm 
confident they won't overthink this in July and they'll take Cruz. But I I don't anticipate Cruz will, you know, at most will probably be at Altoona by the end of this year. Mm -hmm. But Sawinski definitely um, is the kind of guy you keep on the bench in case you need a big fly late in the game or you need a defensive replacement. And I agree. And I, I'm not telling people. I, I, I'm a I'm a Jackson Winsky fan. I'm just yeah. trying to wrap my head around the fact that he was a young kid. That, and it makes sense, like you said, they called him up. But it's just sort of strange to me that they never thought about like this guy. I mean, he's still not really polished. Like to say, mm-hmm. that, hey, this this kid's ready for the pros, kind of thing. But um, that I think it's another thing that I want to talk about. And I, I get a lot of feedback on on Facebook and Twitter about this. And you know how it is in Pittsburgh. We go through it with Tomlin. We go through it with Sullivan. Mm-hmm. A lot of people right now aren't feeling the love for uh, Derek Shelton in the last couple games. And it's, it's it's easy once you pull a starting pitcher that has a shutout or gets up one run like Callard the other day, and you just say, all right, you know, what the heck's he doing? Why ain't he just keeping him in there? But how do you feel overall with Derek Shelton in Pittsburgh? I mean, do you, do you think this is the guy that will be the manager whenever this team starts to put up 85, 90 wins in the future? Well, I don't think it really matters a lot what I think because they gave him an extension, so they think he's the guy. Uh, but I, I was never – coming into this year, I wasn't a huge Shelton fan. Uh, I thought he was uh, – I, I thought he was the, the, the Mike Keenan of Major League Baseball uh, managers he, with the quick hook. I, I thought he was, he was too quick with the hook in, in years past, and he made, you know, very bizarre um, – pitching changes that, that just didn't seem to make sense or in some lineups. He's, he's won me over this year. And you mentioned the Keller thing, and that's what everyone jumped on for understandable. But he explained it afterwards, and it made sense to me when, when I read his explanation that they noticed that Keller was losing his release point. So do you leave him in there and hope he finds it back? And by that time, you know, maybe he's the one that gives up the three-run homer. Or do you go to a bullpen that, by and large, has been reliable? Um, I think if you want to look at how Derek Shelton has evolved, the biggest example of that was that Ortiz game. Uh, you know, he, he let him go into the eighth. He had only yeah. thrown 70 pitches, but he was his third time through the rotation, and the analytics say get him out by that. He, he, he gave him every opportunity to finish that game. And that's just something he would not have done before. And I think there's definitely a correlation between uh, the, imp- the improved nature of the bull or of the, of the rotation and his comfort level uh, and him getting more comfortable as a manager. So I think uh, by and large, I can't think of anything really egregious, uh, something that's had me jumping out of my chair, uh, you know, trying to, fight the urge to throw my remote at the TV. There have been a thing here or there, but for the most part, it's, you know, I, I, I think he's done a very commendable job. I agree. He's, um, I wasn't a huge fan. I wasn't against having Shelton here, but I, this year he's, I could see him. I could see him being that guy. I mean, he's a little bit fire. He's like a, a Clint Hurdle, but more, more, more fire than Hurdle. I mean, he better day, but the pitcher with the uh, pitching clock when he, um, I mean, he, he he didn't waste no he, he didn't waste no time. He seemed like he has these young kids' backs, which is a big thing to me too. I mean, you got to have you got to show your players. I think um, 
that's one thing I like about this team too is these veterans, McCutcheon, Santana, Hill, plus uh, Show. It just seems like it's a good place for these young kids right now. A good, good situation. A good, uh, good atmosphere. Um, even when they started losing them games, you didn't see any of the veterans start to like flip out or say the wrong things in the in the paper. They just said, "Hey, it's a long season. We're gonna we're gonna go through this." So. I, I like Shelton. I, I don't yeah. think there's really um, – at this point, I mean, go with the guy that's been there with them. I mean, you're going to start to win now with them. You might as well have the guy that's been there that knows the ups and the downs from them guys. Um, so we're like 50 games in, 49, 25 and 24, 49 games in. Um, who do you think after 49 games, you, you guarantee they're going to improve their stats. They're going to improve their season. You get to, you get to see it. And who do you think has already been like, all right, this guy, you know, he might have he, – he did a little bit better than I expected. I think and he looked for, looked for a little bit of a downturn from him. Oh, I, I think the easy answer on that one, and, and it's not my final answer, is Jason DeLay. Jason DeLay is not a 360 hitter. <laughs> um, but um, I – you know, it, it, this is going to sound odd, but in terms of improving his numbers – uh, I think it's Brian Reynolds. I, I'm just looking for more consistency. Uh, you know, clearly he was not going to be the MVP uh, Cooperstown bound guy that he was the first two weeks of the season. He's not the guy that has gone, what is it, about a dozen games since homering. Uh, so I'm looking for more consistency out of, out of him in terms uh, of improvement. It's a great answer. Yeah, I, I I think I think Sawinski, there there's definitely some upside there. I, I'd like to see Marcano get more at bats. I think there's there's more uh, there's more upside in that. Um, and I, I think the, the one guy I really it's it's getting to the point where it's getting worrisome is Key Brian Hayes. You know, you see enough that. Wow, this guy can really, you know, there's 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 definitely there's hitting ability in there, there's base running ability, and then he goes on the side of a milk carton for two weeks. I agree. He's frustrating. He's a frustrating hitter to watch. Um when he's on, the thing is when he's on, he's a line drive up the middle kind of guy. Even this power, when's the last time you saw him yank one in the left field? I mean, hit, hit a homer in the left field. His power seems to be straightaway center, which ain't, that ain't a good thing to begin with. We don't have a ton of power, but he right. seems to be when he's on. He's a he's an up the middle type guy. Um, he's not really a gap hitter like I thought he was going to be either. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd be like at least a 35, 40 double kind of guy. Yep. He's not doing that either. Um, he's not a leadoff hitter, which I think they finally mm-hmm. figured that out. Thank God, because that was driving me insane at the beginning of the year. Um, Marcano, I think, could be your your leadoff hitter if you know. Um, you get him in a spot where he can start playing day to day, and I know that. Um, I, I know you know the backstory. Charrington wanted Marcano for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a guy that he's set his sights on. So there's something he saw in Marcano. So, um, do you think this is the one guy that's mine? To me, it's, it's a guy that I can't believe the whole Major League Baseball ain't trying to knock down our door to get. Is Colin Holderman as good as he shows that he is right now? Yeah. Yeah, I I know that when when they they made that Vogelbach trade, a lot of people were up in arms. Oh, how can they do this? Oh, it's another salary dump, which it really wasn't. Um, but when you went and you read the New York media 
uh, reaction to the trade. They weren't happy. They did not like losing Holderman. Uh, And it it was funny because, again, going back to that Ortiz game and Greg Brown was just losing his mind over Ortiz hitting 96, 97. And and quite frankly, that was kind of his problem in the eighth. He was was trying to throw it through the catcher. Yeah, he hit 99 on his last pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And then – Holderman comes in and strikes out the guy with an easy 101. Yeah. He throws 101 and he and it's effortless. And you want to talk about a guy that has a slider that just moves. Yeah. He has a slider that just drops off the table after throwing yeah. 100 mile an hour darts. I mean, he's going to be, and this is a good point. I think people are going to start picking up on this. He's the reason Bednar may, may get traded for, for a prospect or two. If Holderman could be a closer in this league, there's no doubt in my mind. He could come in the ninth inning and just and put people down. I'm glad you said it first because I was just about to say it. And considering you're the one that lives in Pittsburgh and has to worry about his his house getting egged, I, I'm glad you went there before I did. Uh, it's it's a I, every time I see him coming in the eighth, I'm like, wow, that'd have been nice in the ninth just to have that, that happened in there in the ninth. But um, and and I'm not putting Bednor down. I mean, if Bednor, no, 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 no. But you mean you get you get yourself a top notch. You can definitely or. Pick. Or a piece you need now. Yeah, you know, piece, maybe an piece. Get something maybe that maybe he gets you that right fielder they've kind of yeah. experimented with, or, or or maybe he does get you that left-handed starter for next year. But, but I'm uh, glad you saw. I'm glad you saw that as well with with um Holderman. I didn't when I'm watching them games. I'm like, am I watching this guy? Is mm-hmm. if I was a if I was a St. Louis Cardinals GM, I'd be like, what do you want for this guy? I mean, what mm-hmm. do you want for this guy? I mean. And if I had a solid closure right now and on a team, I'm like, you know what? You get Horderman in the eighth with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a, a big-time closer in the ninth. You're basically locked down for two innings. I mean, mm-hmm. Horderman, I, I just I, – I'm, I'm amazed that we got him for Vogelbach and, and mm-hmm. how, like you said, the negative the negative remarks we got for a guy that – I mean, Vogelbach was more like a, a fan favorite because he was – Yeah, that's it exactly. But yeah. – um, People like watching pudgy guys run around the bases. That's true. I mean, that, I mean that's that's definitely true. I'm, and, and Vogelbach was he was a funny, he was a fun guy to watch. Yeah. But I mean, come on, you you got to build your future. He ain't gonna be part of the future. No. Um. So we ask this question after everyone: Do you still think they're gonna be 80, 82 wins at least? I am not coming off of that. You, right. you are you are either going to need a court order or an act of Congress to get me to come off of eighty two and eighty two. All right, I, I like it. And once again, I want to I want to thank iHeartRadio. They're, they're one of uh, one of our bigger sponsors that were they did a great job for us from the time that we announced that we were going to have the party through the time that we had the party. Um, Emmett, another good talk about the Pirates. Um, mm-hmm. I think Dave and, and Joe will enjoy what we what we went through, and uh, I think we, we brought some good points. Um, I think what we, we realized is we got, we have a great base. Our, our starting our starting pitching staff is there for the future. Maybe an, an ad here, an ad there. Uh, the AFL to me is the weakest position right now overall. The whole AFL position. I mean, mm-hmm. Connor Joe, if he's your fourth or fifth AFLer, I love it. I mean, I wouldn't mind Connor Joe coming off the bench, but. And and the nice thing about the years to come is the guys that are in there now on a regular basis, guys like uh, Rudy Castro and Marcano and Connor Joe and things like that are in a year or two are going to be your guys that fill out the 26 man spot. They're going to be your bench guys. That's not a bad bench. Your bench guys. You're, you've got a very bright future. That's not a bad bench. I mean, I have, 
Yeah. Have a lefty come in, all of a sudden he bring mm-hmm. back the bench. You know, that's a nice matchup there. Um, you get Marcano late in the game; they can run bases. Um, this team, this team's going to be exciting. I think it's exciting to talk about. And as we go forward, I think um, bigger things are going to happen this season. They may take a couple steps back this year, as we all expected. But overall, I think this is big for the team. Um, um, I think it's going to be a very, a very unique trading deadline as well. Where I think, yeah. um, I think it might be the time share. I think, like we talked about with Bednar, and I think Charrington might make the last couple of big moves that he feels. You know, Dylan mm-hmm. Cruz is the biggest move, of course. But yeah. once you get him in, make feels. I, I think you'll see some, you know, complimentary pieces, uh, both going out and coming back in at the trade trade deadline. My gut tells me the big move is coming in the off season. I could see that. I could I could see it, and I'm I'm glad that we we are on the Bednar thing, and I'm not a I'm not an anti Bednar guy. No, not at all. And I love people. I love people. People people from Pittsburgh who play for Pittsburgh teams, but, um as we've seen with the penguins and uh, you can't, you can't sign every Pittsburgh boy and you can't keep them all every time they do come here. I mean, every, every, every penguin block from last year in the off season was Trocheck, Trocheck. We need Trocheck. We got to get, we got to get Trocheck in here. We got to do this. We got to get John. Now it's John Gibson. We need John Gibson. Got to get John Gibson. It's like, come on guys. Like I, whenever those things come up, I always ask people if it was Vincent Trocheck from, uh, uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, or John Gibson from Peoria, <laughs> Illinois, would you be saying the same thing? And, yep. and to, a, to a lesser extent, and I know this is going to burn down the internet and maybe end our site forever, but <laughs> but I, I said a year ago, if, if Roger Goodell would have gone to the podium and said the Steelers select from the University of Missouri quarterback Kenny Pickett, I think there would have been a lot of Steeler fans that would have marched on Acroshore Stadium and burn the place down. I see your point. I, I I know what you're I know what you're saying. I think um I mean I, I agree with you to a to a point because we, we needed a quarterback in that draft. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh that would have been happy of them saying uh we took um <laughs> I know where Malik, you're going with this. Malik Willis and, yeah. it, <laughs> yeah. and and the people that didn't burn the city down mm-hmm. right now would be like, wow, was that a terrible, yeah. terrible move? So we got the best, we got the best starting quarterback out of that draft, but just a matter of the mm-hmm. other ones aren't gonna ever play, probably. But um I won't go that far, but yes, he, I don't think there's any question to date, and, and it's not even close that he's the best quarterback of that class. And the, the second best one was the last pick of the draft, so that tells you um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that told you pretty much. But I, I don't want to give away all our stuff for future podcasts, but uh, living out in central Pennsylvania, I, I see, and being a Giants fan, I see a ton of uh, uh, NFC East stuff and don't sleep on Howell. Oh, I agree. I definitely mm-hmm. agree. I, I think he, I think he's an underrated guy from that mm-hmm. year where he started off real hot and mm-hmm. like, he started off hot on the draft boards and that, and then just, mm-hmm behind all the uh the guys with better athleticisms and that but mm. never forget a guy like that but emmett thank you so much we're gonna end this power thank podcast. You, look for this on youtube look for this on our website look for our newsletter will be coming out tomorrow as well our second newsletter um emmett we're gonna do some penguin one later on tonight too so these people will uh catch the penguin one on our website also iHeartRadio. thank you thank you to all the other sponsors and emmett see you in a couple of minutes All right, see you then.